a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to episode five of Live Mike. I'm your host, Lee Lonsberry. I am uh, looking forward to today's program. There are a lot of topics uh, that excite me. We will start the show uh, in the uh, next segment. We're going to speak with the producer of the David Dejanovic show. He had a fascinating conversation yesterday with uh, the chief of staff, uh, Vice President Mike Pence. You heard some of that on David Debbie's show this morning. We're going to talk to him more in depth and see uh, what, what the, the chief of staff of the vice president had to say. Uh, I'll give you a little glimpse. It has to do with an announcement recently out of uh, Utah Democrat Representative Ben uh, McAdams. And then we're going to spend a good deal of time on the notion of student athlete compensation. There was an event this morning uh, hosted by a group which included uh, Utah Senator Mitt Romney along with uh, some others uh, on both sides of the aisle dealing with this issue. The president of the NCAA, he was in attendance and had some comments. We're going to dive into that we'll speak to the, the senator Mitt Romney uh, today about that get his thoughts and hear right uh, from his mouth on the, the things he'd like to see done he's involved uh, in a working group which is looking for solutions uh, uh, equitable ones for both athletes and universities I have some pretty strong thoughts on this I uh, will tell you very basically I think that student athletes should have the ability to uh, earn compensation not necessarily from the universities but uh, via other means I think that there should be some prohibitions they face currently which ought to be lifted. I'll give you some more details uh, about my thoughts then, and, uh, and we'll also hear from, again, the senator. And uh, I'll tell you, there was a number of years ago, I read a book. Uh, it was called The Mormon Way of Doing Business. It was authored by a gentleman named Jeff Benedict. And when I read that book, I learned about David Neeleman. That's a name you, you might recognize. Uh, but if not, let me tell you who David Neeleman is. He is the founder of uh, an airline in the 90s called Morris Air. He sold that. And after that, sale, he founded JetBlue Airways. And he went on then to start another airline in uh, Brazil. And uh, if I'm correct, uh, another one in Florida. Well, he's going to start another one, uh, Breeze Aviation. Uh, that'll be start a headquarters here in Salt Lake City. And uh, th- this gentleman, Jeff Benedict, uh, an author, he wrote a, a marvelous biography about David Neeleman and uh, just about the way he works, uh, his background, the way his mind uh, works, and also the way he views uh, compensation within uh, the workplace. But on that same topic of compensation, that same author, and this is, is a pure coincidence, and I'll go through the details of, of how uh, startling this coincidence was uh, later on, uh, but this same author, Jeff Benedict, uh, wrote another book that was solely focused on uh, student-athlete compensation. So we're going to hold on to him for two segments. We're going to talk to him about the founding of a new airline here in Utah, in Salt Lake City specifically, and its founder, David Neeleman. And then following that, <coughs> excuse me, We'll talk to him about student-athlete compensation. I'll, I'll explain it again uh, this interesting uh, coincidence. Um, but uh, in the meantime, I want to talk to you about something uh, a little somber and a little personal. When I started this program and, and even before that, when I was pitching my idea for the program to the big bosses here, I told them I wanted to talk about politics. I wanted to talk about uh, the big news of the day. I wanted to talk about uh, new business coming to town. 
I wanted to talk about students and education and the, the things that you flip through the newspaper and read about and then later on talk about with your family around the kitchen table or maybe at the water cooler with your coworkers. Uh, but I also said that I wanted to and insisted upon uh, talking about uh, my family and the, the, the new life that my family and I are living here uh, again in Salt Lake City. Uh, real quick background. I used to work here uh, for the great Doug Wright. Uh, he, I was his producer. And for about four years, uh, we worked together. And then I moved out to Washington, D.C. To, to work for a member of Congress. And it is in the last few weeks that my uh, wife and I have moved back to town. Uh, we moved back to town uh, just a month after giving birth to uh, a beautiful baby girl. And I want to tell you that last night, I spent the night at Primary Children's Hospital uh, with my baby daughter. Uh, I, my, my wife has been wonderful since this show started. She has uh, relieved me of my overnight duties. Uh, before the show started, I would get up in the night uh, along with my wife. She would feed the baby. I would change the diaper. I'd rock the baby to sleep, set it back in the, in the crib. And, uh, and we would do that as a partnership. But, uh, you know, to, to keep a, a sharp mind and uh, to be able to research the topics we research here on the program, uh, my wife knew that the sleep was important to me. And so she has, uh, since the show started, she's let me sleep through the night. I've been very grateful for that. Uh, last night, uh, just after one in the morning, my wife woke me up and said, Lee, we need to go to the hospital. The guidance that we've received from the pediatricians is that if a baby's fever rises above 100.4 degrees, that that is an automatic get in the car and drive to the emergency room. And so uh, my wife woke me up. She let me know that when she had uh, uh, risen to feed the baby and change the diaper and hopefully rock the baby back to sleep, uh, she noticed that the, the, the baby was a little warm. Piper's her name, Piper Jean, uh, family name. Uh, well, Piper was warm and uh, when my wife woke me up, I said, let me, uh, let me check the temperature myself. And, uh, in, and I did. And the, the temperature was, in fact, over that 100.4 degree mark. And so we got in the car and we drove uh, across town and up to Primary Children's and uh, we were immediately attended to. The, the, the staff there was fabulous. They immediately assessed uh, the, the needs of the baby. They administered some tests. They drew some blood. They drew some other fluids from here and there. And, uh, and if I could plea, uh, make a plea with you, if you could offer a, a little prayer for our family, uh, please do so because uh, little Piper and Piper's mom, my wife, uh, they're still up there at Primary Children's. And uh, they, they are, I trust, in, in wonderful hands. And the prognosis from the doctors is that it was just a little something, uh, maybe a virus, maybe this or that. But uh, that observation is needed. And so likely uh, through the rest of today and maybe through the overnight and into tomorrow, uh, my beautiful little baby uh, and my beautiful wife will be uh, at the hospital. I'm going to drive uh, over there immediately after the program today. Uh, but I, I tell you that story uh, because I have a great confidence in the fine folks uh, up there at Primary Children's. And if I'm honest, uh, since the baby's birth, I've had great uh, experiences with all the medical professionals uh, with whom I've dealt. Uh, starting uh, back in Washington, D.C. at the George Washington University Hospital. 
They were wonderful. And as we've moved out here uh, and uh, and teamed up with a pediatrician and uh, and then last night, uh, the folks at Primary Children's, uh, they, they are experts uh, at what they do and they inspire confidence and they are healers. And I am grateful for them. Uh, and I am grateful also uh, for you uh, for listening to me share this bit about my family. The reason I do it is twofold. Number one, uh, I have learned. And uh, if you still need to learn, let me tell you that babies are fragile and that they require absolute uh, constant care, and you need to take the signs uh, that they demonstrate very seriously. Number two, uh, a mother's instinct is absolute. I uh, have, since the birth of my beautiful little daughter, learned that my wife's instincts are always right. Uh, She gave birth to this beautiful baby. Uh, It was a part of her, uh, growing inside of her. Uh, A special bond exists. And if you as a mother feel a certain way, uh, please uh, uh, trust yourself and act upon it. And if you are uh, a supportive father or husband and you see that your wife or the mother of your child is, uh, is feeling a certain way, you need to support those feelings. And that's what we did last night, and that's uh, where I spent my night last night up at Primary Children's, and I'll be back after the program uh, uh, today. So thank you. Uh, if, if, if you wouldn't mind, uh, shoot a prayer along. I am uh, confident in the folks up there at Primary Children's. I uh, am here today uh, working because of that confidence and because of the strength of my wife uh, and the family we have around uh, us supporting. And so uh, that that's my story for now. Uh, my thoughts are going to be, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 75% of my brain here for the program. Uh, and 25. Let's make it 50 50. I'll, I'll give you 50. Half my brain will be focused on the program today. The other half is going to be thinking about my uh, beautiful family up at Primary Children's. In the meantime, though, you're listening to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Next up on the program, we're going to hear what the White House has to say about Ben McAdams. This is Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and you're listening to KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.